career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 40 Plus Real Man Real Talk, where we talk about the stuff that sometimes we don't want to talk about, and we talk about the things we most need to talk about. And if you're a guy who is really wanting to step up into a better life and living your life without apologies, make sure you hop over to my website, rickclemens.com, or go to 40plusrealmenrealtalk.com or 40pluspodcast.com. You'll find all those links. Um, we'll get you to the same spot. Do the unapologetic life assessment and see what you need to do to start releasing yourself into a space of living an unapologetic life. And speaking of making apologies, I think one of the things that us guys tend to do the most is we make apologies for our sexual health, we make apologies for not being able to get an erection, we make apologies for the size of our penis and everything that comes with sexuality. Somehow we can find a reason to apologize for it. And as I was looking for guests, I came across somebody that I think can give us a whole lot of insight into stuff. Um, He's a doctor, he's a urologist. His name is Dudley Danoff, Dr. Dudley Danoff, and he is really concerned and really focused on men's sexual health. And I think it's time for us to have a real conversation about that. He's got a book called The Ultimate Guide to Male Sexual Health. And I just wanna say thanks for being here, doctor. I really appreciate you joining me on this podcast today. A pleasure, Rick. Yeah, so you've been doing this work for quite a few years, right? Uh, more years than I want to remember. <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen more penises that can fill the Rose Bowl. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, for, for some people, they'd be like, "Yay!" <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, but yes, don't you don't you think? And I know you see this that men, gosh, we just we don't want to talk about this stuff, but yet it's something we really need to talk about more. Yeah, it, it's very true. You know. It's the second edition of my book, so I've been doing this for quite some time, and I consider it my role as a mainstream urologist. I'm mostly I do urologic oncology. I have mm-hmm. obviously interest in ED uh, and other diseases related to that. Uh, but men that don't want to get the penis out of the closet, mm-hmm. and part of my role is let's talk about it. Let, let you know, no woman would miss her yearly Pap smear or her breast examination. And yet, get a man over forty to come in and get his digital rectal exam and his mm-hmm. PSA to screen for prostate cancer, and it's like uh, uh, pulling hen's teeth. Mm-hmm. Bow, we don't want to admit our frailties. Mm-hmm. You know, we as men, you know, we hold up the family. We we are the the cross bearer, mm-hmm. and we don't want to admit any weakness. So we are infallible, or at least we like to think we're infallible, and and that. I think that is the fatal flaw in men, in men, especially men over 40. Yes, exactly. You know, I was interviewing another guy a couple of days ago and um, we, once we got done recording, we started having just a general conversation about stuff. And I said, so this didn't come up on the podcast. I said, but what are you most afraid of? And he said, I'm most afraid of losing my ability to enjoy sex. And I was like, okay, 
that's really what you're most afraid of? I'm like, but what's below that? And he goes, you know, actually, it's not really that. It's what is below that. He's like, it's that that's a piece of me that I feel like makes me a man. It's a piece of me that makes me feel, you know, loved. It's a piece of me that makes me feel attractive. He goes, so while that's kind of the surface level of it, it's the stuff underneath. And I think this is what most men suppress. It's like, gosh, if I can't get an erection, well, everything, everything gets ruined. I mean, as we say in my, I might, I might've gone to Princeton and Yale, but I was born in Brooklyn and, and we, uh, as we said in Brooklyn, that is a BFD. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting, you know, getting an erection is central to a man. Uh, you know, I love the quote that Willie Nelson is purported to have said. He said, I have, you know, he lived a great life. He was a great womanizer, a family man. I mean, he had, to, he had a party his whole life. And he said, I have but one regret. He said that my dick died before I did. Yeah. And that's, that's attributed to Willie Nelson. Right, right. But I think this is that thing, you know, we hear the comment of, you know, guys think with the head, not the one on their head, but, you know, on their shoulders, but the one between their legs. But that's for sure. I, I, I own that. And I, I realized that that can be a really big piece. And, and not long ago, I actually had a stroke, a minor stroke, and it only affected my eyesight um, in my left eye. But as I was laying in the hospital for that not quite 48 hours, I was laying there going, okay, well, this happened. I, and it didn't hit me, you know, that, wow, this, I could have not been laying here, you know? And then ironically, <laughs> one of the thoughts that crawled across my head was, oh, I wonder if I can still get it up, you know? And I thought of all the things I could have been thinking of, yeah. why did that one kind of come up as one, you know, yes, I thought about, okay, I'm so glad I'm still here to see my kids and all this sort of stuff. And it got me going really inside myself to go, okay, I'm a pretty, I feel like I'm a fairly evolved guy, but even I had that conversation in my own head and I had to ask myself, Rick, what was that all about? What was that piece for you? And what I came to for me was I would really miss that enjoyment. However, I know I could replace it with something if I just get really creative. Well, look, uh, you know, what that piece of beef hanging between our legs as men is is absolutely central to our lives. I remember mm-hmm. being an undergraduate in a big hall and uh, the professor saying this some kind of a survey course. If I could get all of your guy, all of you guys sitting out there to get your mind off that piece of beef hanging between your legs, I, I could probably have at least 30 Nobel laureates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you had a bunch of smart Ivy League guys, you know, all right. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and all I could think about was, you know, their penises. <laughs> yes, exactly. 20, 20, 24-7. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and it doesn't really change, you know. No, I, I've, I've worked with so many men in my practice as a coach right. that there are times that we'll be in the middle of something around their career or whatever, and I, and I will actually call them out and say, you know, this has what you're talking about right now has nothing to do with what you're saying. It has right. everything to do with who you think you are as a man. And you're actually thinking with your dick and not with your head. And that's kind of my wake up call to them. It's like, stop it yeah. already. Stop yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, I have, I have a lot of patients in their nineties, you wow. know, having, having ED issues. And I'm so many of them say, doc, doc, don't you have anything? I just, I just want to get it up and in one more time. Doc. <laughs> <Don't you? laughs> yeah. But that's understandable because yeah, it is yeah, such a piece yeah. of our life. So <laughs> But here's Absolutely. something I'm curious about because I know you work with men from all walks of life, and I want to indeed I do. Yeah, I want to put this like little assumption to bed, so to speak, and no pun intended there. But everybody thinks that 
oh, you know, the gay men, they're the ones who are like, they're like the sexual prowess guys. They're just constantly getting it off and they're doing, you know, they're hooking up and all this sort of stuff. And they're going to be, you know, what will they do when this happens to them? But in reality, it really doesn't make a freaking bit of sense, whether it's gay or straight guys. You know, I, 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 I wrote the book and I wrote the, the, the second edition and I was very careful in the second edition to stop using he, she, you know, husband, wife, mm-hmm. in the, you know, uh, in the normal hetero, heterosexual way. And I, I started to use more neutral because as a practicing urologist, gay men, straight men, bi men, uh, trans men, mm-hmm. uh, basically, they all have the same emotions. They all have the same needs. They all have a prostate. They all have the same libido that yep. drives them. And, and, you know, who you love and what you do be, be, behind closed doors in the privacy of your own home is none of my business or none of anybody else's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a prostate, you, be, you better get your prostate uh, checked every year for prostate cancer. Yeah. And you have an aging problem and you can't get an, an erection you know, as simply as you did or as easily as the, when you were in your 20s. I mean, that's a universal problem. Yep. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. Mm-hmm. In the practice, and I know because you're urology and yeah, you know, you're playing with dicks all the time. Um, but is the erection thing like the biggest thing or are there other things that guys come in more worried about? I know I'm very concerned and not because I have a family history or anything. But I just, you know, that prostate exam, it's like, nope, come on. I'm bending over, doc. Go ahead. Take a look because I well, want to make sure because that's a big, it's a big threat. I mean, I know yeah, the threat absolute, Absolutely. Gay or straight. Yeah. In the United States alone, uh, Rick, this coming year, 165,000 new cases of prostate cancer uh, will wow. be diagnosed. One in seven men will have a diagnosis of prostate cancer in their lifetime. Now, that doesn't mean that all prostate cancer are devastating right. or, 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 or game changes. Uh, many of my patients with prostate cancer are in my active surveillance group. Mm-hmm. They're little, quote, benign, end quote, uh, cancers. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to impact on your life. But on the other hand, there are a lot of men in the 40s or 50s who have aggressive prostate cancer that needs aggressive treatment or they will die of that disease. Mm-hmm. And today, even if you need the most aggressive treatment, which is surgery, the surgery is done with a robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an outpatient procedure. There is no incision. You have to wear a catheter for a few days. Less ejaculate comes out, but you still yeah. have the ability to get an erection and mm-hmm. your continence is preserved. So worst case scenario, not all that bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A couple of years ago, I did a um, let help lead a men's retreat in actually in LA area. And um, it was just a kind of an overnight one, well, two day deal. And one of the guys that got up and spoke, and I, I knew some of the guys that were going to be speaking, but I didn't know this particular guy and I had no idea what he was going to talk about. And he got up in front of the group. He was early fifties and he said, I suffer from ED. And the room was kind of quiet. And he said, and I have suffered from ED since I was 14 years old. So what what does that say? Yeah, that he can have a full life. Yeah, well, he has psychogenic ED. In other words, unless he's got some weird pituitary abnormality, it's all between his ears and not between his legs. So 
Yeah. So yeah, that is- needs that needs, you know, intensive therapy. And, you know, I think that can be overcome. Yeah. And he did. I mean, he, he spawned two children out of this whole thing. So, and I loved how he started to share the whole journey for him and he did the psychotherapy. He did have some other stuff medically that he had to do and he has a pump that helps him, you know, now get it up and and all that sort of stuff. But it was so amazing for him to share this. And let me tell you, there were probably 40 guys in the room. And, you know, as a speaker, I'm like kind of sitting in the back of the room, kind of, able to watch reactions and sure. the fear that you could sense in that room, just the energy of the fear of, yeah, you know, and, and, and if you begin to doubt your, the ability of your penis to get firm, you know, uh, you know, on demand or when wanted, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. like a, a proverbial dog, you know, chasing his tail in ever decreasing circles and until he disappears up, you know, his, you know, what, mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, self-doubt is, is the fear, self-doubt, anger, all of those things are, are penis killers. I mean, when I say penis killers, yep. erection killers, I mean, your penis mm-hmm. is not going to wither up and right. drop off. You're just going to have a lot of difficulty. So it's about passion. I mean, passion and love is the greatest aphrodisiac. We got the blue pill, right. and those blue pills are the pills of performance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Rick, those are not pills of desire. Right. And I think that's what many guys miss is I can be with my husband and I cannot get an erection. I'm all totally okay with it. But what's got me going is the desire and the touching and the holding. And, and if sure. I see him popping a nice erection, I'm like, cool. And at yeah. times, and I think this has been the thing, you know, I, I just turned 56. So, you know, I, I'm not dead yet by any, you know, yeah, sense of Rick, the imagination. It's, it's, come on. Come on, yeah. buddy. It's it's downhill from here. No, I'm yeah, kidding. exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I got on that roller coaster, I'm, and I'm going I'm, over that hill for the last time. But um, I'm, pull, I'm pulling you. Over. No, I know that. But what we, I we, find we've so, got a lot. We got a lot of tricks up the urologic. Oh, sleeve, absolutely. And urologic armamentarium. And what I find so interesting is when I have shared this with other guys. I'm an open guy. I'm an open book, and I I know I shock guys all the time. I'm like, well, you know, shit. I didn't have an erection today. <laughs> and I'm not going to let it ruin my day. It just, that's Absolutely. what happened today, you know? Yeah, yeah. And one of my good straight buddies said, but you're gay. <laughs> like, well, well, what so does that why? have to do with it? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I said, and you're straight and yeah. this is going to happen to you. And he's, he's a little bit younger than me. He's like, just turned 43 or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to happen, man. And that first time it happens to you that you're like, oh my God. Yeah. It really isn't. It's just laying there. It's not doing yeah. it. You are going to freak out. And then guess what? That freak out is going to cause it to be even worse. But if Absolutely. you go, oh, okay. Hey, this happened. Exactly. Self-fulfilling Self- prophecy. No Absolutely. question about it. Absolutely. So I'm curious because you, you alluded to this. Um, and I think it would be really important for guys to hear this. And because I work in the LGBTQ world a lot. But trans men, I think it's got to be really fascinating to work with them and realize they actually have the same fears. They have the same concerns. Oh, absolutely. And, and a lot of people forget they also have a prostate. So yes. uh, you can't get away from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, some people forget, you know, the appearance of a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they forget to get their annual uh, PSA and digital rectal exam and, right. and uh, end up with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too in the trans circles because I I have friends that are trans men and and trans women, but to listen to the guys, especially in a group of guys that don't even know they're trans, 
And then suddenly when that comes out, the other men are like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I had no idea that you had the same feelings that I do. And I was born with a penis and you weren't, but I love those moments because it's such a healing process. It's a, it's a opening the doorway of understanding and empathy because suddenly it helps somebody maybe see it in a way that they'd never seen it before. And I think that's, it's fascinating, number one, to see guys go through it. But as a physician, your life has had to have gone through some changes around that as the trans movement has become more and more. You, I would assume you're seeing more and more trans men in your practice as well. Well, I do, but you know, I, I am not a psychotherapist. I'm not right. a sex therapist. You know, I'm a main line urologist, so I yep. would see a trans man. You might come in with a kidney stone or renal yep. colic or urinary tract infection uh, or, or problem related to his prostate. So I would be more focused on a, quote, the urologic person, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, behind, the, behind the person. Yep, uh, exactly. But we certainly, you know, but I'm open. And mm-hmm. I'm completely non-judgmental, and you right. know, I, I'm I'm an old timer, and when my training and through the years, you know, this this never happened. I mean, mm-hmm. we were doing transsexual surgery forty years ago. Yep. it was very very primitive. It was fraught with com- complications. Yeah, I mean, today at my hospital, Cedar Sinai, uh, here in Los Angeles, we have a whole department because you need kind of a vertical monopoly. You need psychotherapists, sexual mm-hmm. therapists, yep. endocrinologists. Yep. You need general surgeons. You need plastic surgeons. You need urologists. I mean, it is very, very complex. Mm-hmm. And unless it's done in a setting in which you do have this kind of uh, vertical lineup of all the people needed, uh, uh, it becomes very complex. So I'm in a little narrow place in that I'm kind of the urologic surgeon kind of at the, at the bottom of the heap. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It seems a bit ironic, but that's the way it turns out to be. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. So as you work with men, um, I know you see all sorts of stuff, but <laughs> in this day and age, if you were to tell a guy, like literally, here's the thing, a thing, not the thing, but it could be the thing that could most help you to really take good care of yourself, what would it be you would tell them? I would say, uh, I would, I would probably start by saying safe sex. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if you want to join the Cirque du Soleil, stand on your head, swing from a trapeze. You can do anything you want behind closed doors with a consenting partner, just practice safe sex. And I think that that, I mean, Maybe it's like taking a shower with your socks on and all of mm-hmm. that. I've heard that. You've heard all the have, excuses. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, the consequence, I'm, I'm talking about 20 million cases of STDs, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And now that we have PrEP, a lot of people are getting a little, you know, brave and, right. and say, you know, well, we don't have to use condoms. So we've seen an enormous yep. increase in STDs. You know, and then of course you have HIV AIDS. So mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a big boy stuff. And, yep. and so, and I it's think not best- just—it's not just in the gay community. I, I wish no, people really start to not. get this. This has absolutely. not anything to do. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe we saw it more prevalent, but right. it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Oh, abso- absolutely. I mean, uh, heterosexual sex can be, you know, devastatingly dangerous. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, 
safe sex. So yeah. I, 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 you know, that's my mantra. I'm, but I'm very open and I accept everybody and everything. And, uh, and it's, it's for me, it's been, it's been a, a joyful ride. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my book addresses all these things with medical accuracy and humor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the balanced view. Uh, so <laughs> I've, I've had a, a, a good ride, Rick. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And, and I can tell. And, you know, one of the things that as I started to look at the book and go through and, you know, look at bits and pieces of it, my personal feeling was any guy who doesn't have the balls enough to open this book <laughs> and to do something like this really needs to... <laughs> needs to go have their head examined because in this day and age, everything to help you from a healthy perspective, especially in your sexual health, because let's be honest, guys, for a majority of us, this sexual drive is what drives so much of who we are. If you really think it's that important, then why aren't you doing something to make sure it stays that important to you? And so many guys, I think, feel like they're invincible. And I especially see it in my community, in the gay community. And oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then the yeah. next thing they know, they've either got any STD that's going to hang on for a long time, herpes, whatever, or they're going to yeah. end up being HIV, you know, positive. And there's not, yeah. there's not, I don't look at that from a negative at this point. Yes, I know you can pop a pill and you can become, you know, undetectable and, you know, all these different things, but it's your life. It's and, your well being. And, and, and a cramp, you know, to put it, Bluntly, it just cramps your style. <laughs> it does. It cramps your style. Exactly. Exactly. I and I, I, I wish more men would, A, be open to having these conversations. That's why I so badly wanted to have you on the podcast because I feel like you and I have had a very candid conversation. It's like, guys, if your penis is this important to you, then why aren't you taking care of it? Absolutely. You know, treat it so. like it's your treat it like it's your best friend because yeah, it is yeah. it is it is you know when you don't have anybody else around it becomes it's your best it. friend so Absolutely. there you go more than once <laughs> so i got one last question for you here because i feel like this could be like something that will really help guys get this why is why was this book so important to you when you wrote it because there's got to be something that you're like i really want to do this and it's important to me because what was the reason for you you know, it's a, it's a very good question, Rick. Uh, I started this project perhaps 15 or more years ago mm-hmm. uh, with a book called Penis Power <laughs> because uh, this was kind of before Howard Stern and before, uh, you know, the, the internet. And a patient held up a three-by-five card and said, I have a great title for a book. Wow, Penis Power. And I began to think how ignorant a lot of my patients were. I am a mainstream urologic surgeon spending mm-hmm. most of my life dealing with prostate, kidney, and bladder cancer. Yep. And yet I was astounded by the ignorance of men about that, you know, that favorite part of their body. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote this book, a populist book, to try to get the penis out of the closet. It yeah. was bought by Warner Books. It went out with the title Penis Power. When it got to New York, they said, no, no, we can't have a Princeton, Yale, Harvard, Cedar sinai UCLA, mm-hmm. straight urologist with a, with a, Titled Penis Power, and they changed the title of the book to Superpotency. And hmm. that started about 15 or 20 years ago. So my aim was to, to get the knowledge out there to the, to the regular guy, uh, to, to love your penis. And you can't make it longer or bigger or fatter or wider. Love what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, clean it, shine it, buff it, <laughs> believe yeah. in it. Uh, so that's the way the book came about. And then, of course, later on, uh, um, I tried it again to come out with penis power. That was about 10 or more years ago. It's mm-hmm. still, 
it, it sold well, but the mainstream press, tremendous pushback with the word penis. I would go on television, here's Beverly Hills' favorite urologist, Dr. Dudley Danoff, author mm-hmm. of Penis Power, and they would giggle. Mm-hmm. And they would say, hey, the penis is to the urologist what the elbow is to the orthopedist. This is the 20th century. Get over it. Get over right. it. It's a body part. It always fascinates me that this is the way society acts about this because we can talk about a woman's pussy and nobody really kind of absolutely, giggles. Absolutely. We can talk about a woman's tits and the, hey, that's, but hey. boy, we talk about a man's penis and oh, wait. Big hit, big hit show, the vagina monologues exactly. all over the world. You know? All over the world. And right. so that just, it just contributes to this whole gender thing that just drives me nuts too. But um, yeah, I always have said, guys, you will never understand the importance of your own sexual health and the well-being of your penis and your rectum until you have to pass a kidney stone and then you'll understand what a woman goes through. <laughs> and true, true words were never spoken. Oh, and I've had three of them. I've had uh, three of them. And actually, you'll you'll appreciate this story. So I was actually um, on campus um, at UCLA doing a LGBTQ event. And I hadn't been feeling super good the, the days leading up to it, but I'm like, ah, just, you know, whatever. And I've been through a kidney stone a couple of times and I started to realize, hmm, I'm having a little trouble here, but it was, the stream was still coming out, but I almost felt like something was there. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I do have a kidney stone. I get there, get ready to, you know, I'm an hour away from presenting my workshop. I go to the restroom and I start to pee into a urinal. And the next thing I hear is this clink. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And there it was. Your pain is gone. My pain is gone. And laying down there is this little bit of a rock. And of course, I grabbed it. I'm like, okay, I've got to take this home because this is really interesting. And I was fine. But And that was the first one that was like, wow, it just happened. And it went through. And I'm like, okay, if every one of them was that easy, not that I want to have another one. Trust me, I don't. It is no fun. But I think every guy, and I know guys are going to hate that I'm about to say this. Every guy needs to go through a kidney stone and you will so appreciate anything that you ever will go through and you'll appreciate a woman for what she goes through. And guys, even those of you who are not gay, you'll actually really appreciate what it takes for a guy to bottom for another guy if you've ever gone through a kidney stone. So um, anyway, well, I am so excited to have this conversation with you, man. We're going to have everything about his book, The Ultimate Guide to Male Sexual Health. And I love your candidness, your authenticity and... I'm surprised we didn't run into each other sooner. It's just, it's a great conversation. So uh, well, th- thank, thank you so much, Rick. And, and I do have a, a website, the ultimate yeah. guide to men's health.com. Great. And we will make sure that will be on. We will have your photos. We'll have your links to all your websites. We will have the book. And in fact, here's something that Dudley and his PR guy don't even know I'm going to do. If you are <laughs> interested in getting his book, I will give two copies of the book away to the first two people who send me an email to rick at rickclemens.com. Just shoot me an email saying, I would love to have the book, Rick. I will then connect with you. I will get it shipped to you via Amazon Prime ASAP. But um, that's my give back for having such an awesome guest on the podcast. And I do truly appreciate you, Dudley. I just enjoyed the Rick, that's uh, that's, uh, that's that's a very nice gesture. I, I very, very much appreciate it. And I must say, you are very candid and... Uh, I love the tenor of your voice, and uh, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Awesome. Well, me too. And if I'm ever in L.A., I will definitely like hook up with you and go, hey, let's have a cup of coffee or something, man. So thanks again so much. 
My pleasure. Anytime, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk, where the conversations continue.